Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Here are my top three favorite things I love about Uberlube. Number one, Uberlube makes sex feel a lot more pleasurable. It's as simple yet as powerful as that. Number two, Uberlube is recommended by leading doctors and its body-friendly ingredient list is widely used by people with sensitivities to lubricants. And number three, Uberlube will not stain clothing or bedding. Any spills can be easily cleaned with detergent and water. Get your bottle of Uberlube now with code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Abortion. It's one of the most controversial issues in our society, right? Wrong. Abortion is popular, and it's so common that you definitely know at least one person who's had an abortion. Maybe you've had an abortion yourself. So why is so much media coverage stuck, portraying abortion just as a subject of political debate and not a normal part of human experience? I'm Garnet Henderson, and I'm a journalist who specializes in covering abortion. On my show, Access, we talk about abortion in every single episode, answering all the questions that you might have felt afraid to ask. There are no pundits here, only experts, including real people who've had abortions. We've covered everything from abortion and religion to the myth of abortion regret to the fact that adoption isn't a real alternative to abortion. And we cover a new topic in every episode. You can find Access wherever you get your podcasts or at apodcastaboutabortion.com. We talk a lot about sex education, but when I'm shopping for products to support my sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, I head to the experts at Lion's Den. Lion's Den is an adult retailer with over 50 locations nationwide and hundreds of your favorite brands. They have everything you need to explore and express your sexual side. Right now, you can use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off your purchase in-store and online at lionsden.com. Follow them on social media at Lion's Den Adult on Instagram and TikTok for exclusive offers, deals, and giveaways. When you think about the words pleasure and power, what comes to mind? If you're a fan, you know my answer will always be the magic wand. As the world's first ever and best-selling massage wand, the magic wand's familiar shape and legendary power have made magic wand a cultural icon. Revered by millions, it transcends planes of culture and gender. Its impact is so great that Time Magazine included it on its list of the most influential gadgets of all time. Want to get in on the fun? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magic wand to learn more and see how you could win your very own magic wand. So you're ready to experiment with anal play, but you're not sure where to start. If I were you, I'd start with education and products by a company founded by a doctor who's an expert on anal sex. I'm talking about Future Method. Future Method develops science-backed products and doctor-led education to maximize pleasure, eliminate injury, and empower the way people choose to play in the bedroom. They even have a blog that puts education at the forefront on topics both popular and taboo. Use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at futuremethod.com. Hello, party people. How are we doing today? I hope that you have been enjoying the last couple episodes of Sex Ed with DB. I know I've really, really enjoyed chatting with the people who we have on. 
And this is going to be a quick intro today. We we chat with uh, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar today, and she's awesome. She is a new friend, and I just think she's so kind and so talented and just like a warm hug. She's just like really fun to talk to. And in this episode, we talk about Dr. Cass's podcast called Be Well Sis, and we have a really, really amazing, organic, lovely conversation around bodies and body image and what it means to actually be well and kind of the differences between Dr. Cass's experience in med school with Western medicine versus what she really feels like that word means now. And we also talk a lot about what wellness for moms means in particular. I think that there's this kind of, you know, BS around, oh, like moms, you, you're the ones who really need to make time for wellness. Get it, girl. And it's like, okay, like moms are doing the most. And so we, we talk about that and how, um, how the nuances of that conversation are so needed. And just wanted to remind you all that we have amazing sponsors this season. And if you want to get a really fat discount code for our wonderful products from Future Method, Magic Wand, Uberlube, Lion's Den, why don't you go ahead to sexedwithdb.com slash discounts and check it out. And without further ado, here is Dr. Cassandra Dunbar. Dr. Cassandra Dunbar, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I really like our new friendship. And so I'm very excited. You know, we met recently and I feel like we've had a couple meetings since. And I feel like from the get-go, I just really, really liked your energy and thought you were very fun and kind and just like a really cool person to know. And so I'm really excited to just talk to you and get to know you better today. Same. Mutual. I feel like from the beginning, you're like my type of person. It's like, yes, this is good. This is good. (laughs) This is good. Yeah. I feel like it's harder to make kind of new friends and colleagues as you get older and older. It's easier to kind of just, you know, like station in your little bubble. But when you meet someone who you vibe with and who you share values and kind of goals in the space of sexual health and wellness, uh, it can be really cool and just really neat to make those new connections. Yeah, really refreshing. Because like you said, we stay in the same little bubbles. And I've been trying to be intentional about meeting new people. And I'm just so happy that like our paths cross. And yeah, we're friends now. We're locked same. in, girl. <laughs> locked in. Uh, okay, so for folks listening who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and just tell us about your your work. Sure. So my name is Cassandra Dunbar. Um, I usually don't say the doctor part unless you're like my student or whatever. I am a, a podcast host. I'm a professor. I am a mother, a wife, all of those things. And um, yeah, and I'm just really passionate, I guess you'd say, about um, women's wellness, specifically marginalized women's uh, wellness. And I'm just happy to be here. So that's, that's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And your podcast that you host is called Be Well Sis. And that's originally how I heard about you, how I, you know, just knew uh, about your work and about your work, at least as a podcast host to begin with, let alone all of these other 
identities Mm -hmm. that you hold, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about the podcast. What inspired you to create it? And what have you learned as the founder of this really amazing podcasting community? Yeah. So starting Be Well Sis was something that I did not ever anticipate doing. Um, The reason I started it was out of a challenge that my therapist gave me because long story short, I was very burnt out. I had just had my second son and the pregnancy was benign, nothing to talk about, but the delivery was traumatic. Um, We Mm. both almost didn't make it. And I remember the first few months of having him when he finally came from the um, hospital, I was so grateful to have him, so grateful to have my older son, so grateful to be here, kind of, sort of. Um, But my days were filled with like doctor's appointments and seeing this specialist Mm. and that specialist and still trying to be present for my older son because it's a transition being for going from being an only child to now sharing your time and attention with, you know, with your siblings. Yes, that too. (laughs) Um, And I just found myself just um, really burnt out. And my doula, who I had for um, my second son, she kept in touch with me and she called me and she was just just trying to catch up. And she was like, you don't sound the same. She's like, can you do me a favor and go back and see your therapist again? I'm just like, you know, for you, I will. (laughs) So I went back and my therapist was asking, what do I I do for like she's like run me through your day so I told her all things that I do from morning to night and she's like where are you in this I'm just like well I'm doing all this she's like no 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 like that's you as a mom that's you as a wife you as a daughter my mom lives with us um but she's like where are you so she said going back to the notes that she's had of me um because I had been her patient prior to getting pregnant and she's like at one point you wanted to start a podcast how about you you know, spend some time doing the research to do that. That way you give yourself time to do something just for yourself. So I did. And just in speaking to different women that I got a chance to speak to through the podcast was so healing for me in a way that I just did not anticipate. So the reason I launched the podcast was not only for my own self-care, but really because when I was looking for how to bridge the gap between being healthy and actually being well, I did not see myself represented in those spaces. And I'm like, I cannot be the only Black woman who's looking for wellness resources. So I decided to put the podcast together and here we are. Be well, sis. (laughs) Wow. Wow, wow. Okay. So you must have a very good therapist, first of all. I do. I love her. (laughs) Yeah. To inspire you to really reflect on, and that's a powerful exercise, right? Of like, let's go through your day and figure out what you're doing for yourself. And that kind of really beautifully goes into my next question, which is, you know, when you're introducing yourself, I noticed you just being like, oh, like, what do I, what do I even say for my introduction? And that's because you're so many things, right? Like you're a mother of two young boys, a medical doctor, a wife, an educator, a wellness writer, mm-hmm. and the host of a podcast, that's that's basically a million things, right? It's like <laughs> a lot of stuff. You're clearly a very expert kind of person who likes to wear many hats. And like the first word that came to mind for me when I was reading about you and your all of your titles and identities on your website was just, wow, that was just the first word that came to mind. And I just wonder how it feels wearing all of these hats and how these identities play off of one another or conflict or what what the challenges of that is. 
sometimes right now I'm in the season where I feel like I'm kind of spread kind of thin and I'm happy that I've made the realization that I'm doing a lot of things and I need to figure out what is the thing or in which way can I like better meld these things? Because they kind of do, they they overlap a lot. Um, I talk about the same things in different ways, essentially, into different audiences. Um, so the challenge has been figuring out, as somebody who has a lot of passions and different interests, how to now wear myself out and also how to do things well. I like to do things, but I like, want to do them well. And doing things well takes time, takes energy, and we only have 24 hours a day. So just trying to figure out how to better balance all of the things that I want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I can't even imagine what that's like when you have like a full-time job at the same time that you're taking care of two young kids And if your partner's working, like there's, it seems like very overwhelming to be, especially after the traumatic birth story that you shared and how, how long I imagine it must take to just get back to, to zero, right? Like there's so much that goes into that and so much emotional labor and like physicality to that and mental strength and persistence and patience, I'm sure that's needed in order to feel like yourself again. Can you talk us through a little bit about what what that was like for you? Oh, for sure. I feel like for most women, most people who have babies, it takes like roughly a year and a half to feel like yourself again. Hmm. I felt that with my first son and in speaking to different people, they've felt the same thing. Like around when the child hits around two, it's like, oh, okay, I'm me again. Um hmm. For my second, because of the things that were just happening and how much of what was happening with him was also happening to me in a way, just having to see the different specialists and just being really nervous about what would his life and therefore our life look like. I I had to do a lot of work. And also it took me time to forgive my body. I didn't realize I was mad at my body. I felt like my body failed Mm. me. Um, And I had to really process that. Because what happened was during the labor and delivery, my placenta detached early. So I had placental abruption. And I was I didn't realize I was really har- harboring some resentment. Like, how dare you like mm. fail us like this? And it took me time and I was very depressed. And it took me time and guidance to like realize that I was experiencing these things. And also it that impacted my relationship with my husband. Um as you can imagine, a lot of us, when we are depressed, like there is no libido. Like the mm. last thing I'm thinking about is sex. Um, right. Not only like my physical healing, like my body was different, um, but also just like mentally, I just was not there. Um, so the person that I was beforehand um, sexually was not the same person. And it took, at some point, he internalized that and thinking that, you know, something had changed with him. And it's like, it's not you because we both had gained weight. And it's, I'm like, it's not you, like, I'm still attracted to you, but I'm just mentally not thinking about that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I would show up, because I, I feel like I was, uh, unfortunately, having, like, essentially, like, pity sex. Like, I, I felt bad for him. Like, he shouldn't have to suffer because I'm suffering. Totally. Um, 
when I would show up, I just was just there. And he's like, well, this is not fun. Like, this is not you. So it took time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like we really don't talk about the nuances about like these ebbs and flows in a monogamous relationship when it comes to sex and like the ways that we connect or don't connect or can't connect with our partner, depending on how we're missing connection with ourselves. And this idea of like pity sex, right? Like there, mm-hmm. there definitely are these gray areas that we just don't touch on that like, yeah, well, we want our partner to feel good and we want them to feel like we're paying attention to them, even if we're not really like in the mood, right? Like yep. that, that is a very real thing that a lot of people go through. Like, you know, like intimacy is not this like black and white thing where, oh, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden both people are exactly right in the mood, right? There's going to be like non-concordance, right? And just like all of these different feelings at different times. And especially after a baby is born and like literally like your hormones and your mental state is just different than it Mm -hmm. was before. And Mm -hmm. there are chemical differences that we need to address. Yes, for sure. For sure. And I think even um, just to even add another layer of just being together with the same partner for a long time, um, those ebbs and flows like are so real and we don't talk about it. And I think each person in the relationship might start to feel like they internalize that as being because of them. Um right. But it's not. It's really important to to talk. And I think when we talk about intimacy too. It needs to be not just the physical intimacy, but that emotional intimacy needs to be present. So that I needed that to like talk to him and be like, "This is what's going on in my head," because mm-hmm. I I keep I keep things to myself. So I had to like say to him like, "This is going on in my head and in my heart, and I love you. I'm attracted to you, but." My body is just not with it right now. It's just on and, pause right now. Right, right. <laughs> and I will do my best. Um, but he was like, do your best. He's just like, nobody. And he's like, I don't want the pity sex. Like, like you take your time. And when you're ready, mm-hmm. I'll be here. But I don't want, like, he's like, that doesn't feel good to me. Um, right. For you to feel like you're obligated to have sex with me. So Totally. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I wonder if we can go back a little bit back to be well, sis, right? And this whole idea of like, specifically for you, it was part of your mission to find resources and talk to people about Black women's wellness, right? Mm -hmm. And I wonder if we could just dig into the word wellness for a moment. Because again, when I was kind of reading about you and just checking out your website and reading your resources, you mentioned that in doing your own research, you learned that there was a really big gap between what you learned in med school and what it truly means to be well, right? Like there's this mm-hmm. dichotomy. And I wonder if you can expand on this a little bit. Like what what does wellness feel like and actually look like to you? Yeah. So I spent time in medical school where we focused on health and not even so much so health, but really on disease. So we've learned the ins and outs of different diseases, what they look like, how to treat them and things of that nature. But we, one of my gripes of Western medicine is that um, Western medicine focuses on the disease process and not on the entire being. Um, Holistically, right? Exactly. Um, So what I've learned is that wellness is more than just 
being healthy because you can be physically healthy. Like your blood pressure is great. Your blood sugar is great. You don't have any like overt anything happening. Um, but you could feel really, really not great about your life. You know, mm-hmm. not necessarily that you're depressed even, but just like you're just here, you're just existing. And I believe that we all are on this earth and we all should be living like our best lives. And it sounds so cliche, but whatever feels good to you, whatever brings you the most joy, whatever the, brings you the most peace, you should be you should be experiencing that. And for me, I find that wellness involves um, unlearning a lot of the things that we were taught as children. Like what does success really look like for you? Not what they say it should be, but what's right. your personal success? What makes you feel happy and whole? Um, some people are 5 a.m. people. That's great, but it doesn't mean that you need to be a 5 a.m. person too, you know? Just right. whole, wellness is really personal, essentially. And um, also wellness in our state in the U.S. has really been commodified and it it looks like you have to spend money to be well and buy the mm. most expensive things and be part of the most exclusive clubs and take the, the best classes and all of that. No, you don't have to do any of those things to be well. If those things impact your wellness and like help you feel better, do it. But those are not requirements for you to be well. Yes. Yeah. I really like this touch upon capitalism, especially in our Instagram ad era that we're in of like, just buy this fucking cream and then you'll be so happy and you won't have a blemish. And it's like, yeah, like, I mean, I, I relate to this idea. Like for me, I've struggled with acne, like my whole life starting Mm -hmm. since puberty and have been on and off, you know, these really intense medications, Accutane, you know, hormonal birth control to kind of like really deal with it. And for me, like my confidence has really improved with better skin because it like physically doesn't hurt my face. And I just really like the smoothness and the texture better for me. It makes me happier. And I do think it's kind of this this tricky line where we have to be really careful about, okay, am I internalizing those things because, you know, Mm. of the messages that I'm receiving about beauty and about the people who get to be seen? Or is it really like, no, like this is just for me. Like I want to feel confident. I want to feel happy. Are there, are there kind of like ways that you suggest or think can think about or recommend that people think about how to kind of like think about that line and think critically about that? Yes. Um, I think for me, I've I've been asking myself why a lot, like just internally. So, but why, but why, but why? Um, So being really transparent with you um, since the pandemic. So that first year of the pandemic, I gained like a solid 35 pounds. So, Mm -hmm. and I have not lost it. And I just have, for a long time, I was like struggling with my new body, how I look and everything. And I'm just like, well, why do I feel this way? Like, I'm still quote healthy, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm always conscious because I have blood pressure and things like that, but in my family. So I'm just like, okay, so my cholesterol is still fine. My blood sugar is still fine. My, um, my but everything is is fine, right? On Your paper. numbers. My numbers are good, okay? <laughs> um, but so why do I feel the need to 
be in this rush to like lose this weight and then some. And in full transparency, I have always been on a diet. I haven't been on a diet recently, but from the time I could remember, maybe like 10, I was just Mm. on a diet perpetually. And looking back on pictures, I was thin. (laughs) And I was, I remember constantly feeling like I was just too big. And fast forward to now, when I'm thinking about my body, remember how I told you I was mad at my body for like failing me? Now it's like, I thank her. Like I put on this weight through the pandemic because we were going, we are going through a pandemic and I coped with food. Thank you for like being there for me, you know? Mm. Um, So it takes asking myself and asking ourselves questions as to what our motivations are. And I think you've done that with like your skincare. Like Mm. what is your motivation? Is it for yourself or is it for the outward gaze, you know? Right. asking ourselves those uncomfortable questions because it might be because of the outward gaze. And I'll be honest, part of it is because I like to dress a certain way and I don't want to be, I guess, ridiculed for how I dress in my new body. But like, Mm. nobody's thinking about me anyway. Like, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Ever since getting engaged to my wonderful fiance, I've been thinking about ways to keep things fun and novel between us. But... I, of course, want it to feel organic. I want to be able to feel sexy and comfortable in my body while trying something new. Thanks to Lion's Den, a new adventure I've been exploring is the world of lingerie. I never really was a big lingerie girl myself, but once I started trying on lingerie that accentuated my curves, felt super soft to the touch, and made me look in the mirror and felt wildly confident in my skin, that changed pretty quickly. Plus, when I searched for what I might like on Lion's Den's website, I saw models that actually looked like me. They were curvy, and thick and voluptuous, and it made all the difference to see models that have my body type. Want to join me in my new lingerie chapter? Right now, you can use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off your purchase in-store and online at lionsden.com. Follow them on social media at lionsdenadult on IG and TikTok for exclusive offers, deals, and giveaways. Let's play a little fill-in-the-blank game where you have to guess what goes in the blank. Cosmopolitan Magazine called the blank the little black dress of vibrators, and Time Magazine named the blank among the top 10 most influential gadgets of all time. Even at 50 years old, the blank is still turning heads as the most recommended and best-selling massage wand in America. Any guesses? The answer is the magic wand. It's loved by millions for a reason. It's powerful and hits all the right pleasure points. Want to see what all the fuss is about? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magic wand to learn more and see how you could win your very own magic wand rechargeable. Let's talk about a lube I absolutely love, Uberlube. Uberlube makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction and increasing pleasure. Whether you're using it for solo sex, sex with a partner, or both, Uberlube has a long-lasting performance that lets skin feel skin. It has simple body and condom-friendly ingredients, is scent and color-free, dissipates when no longer needed so there's no sticky residue, and is recommended by leading doctors. Use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. What do you know about pegging? If you've seen that one incredible Broad City episode like the rest of us, you probably know that pegging involves a woman, trans man, or non-binary individual without a penis wearing a strap-on dildo and penetrating their partner who has a penis. 
But did you know that there are actual benefits of pegging for straight couples? I'll share a few with you from an anal surgeon and booty expert at Future Method. Number one, reaching the full potential of one's orgasms. Prostate orgasms are powerful and can often be felt throughout the body. Number two, becoming closer with your partner and adding new dimensions to your relationships. And number three, learning to be submissive or dominating in a new position can be quite difficult to achieve, but when you can master these sensations, it opens the door to new relationship dynamics. Go to futuremethod.com to check out the expert written guide on pegging, and don't forget to use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at checkout for amazing button gut goodies. How can I choose the right sex toy for me? This is a great question. Is the porn that you watch ethical? Let's find out. What if my partner does not want to use a condom? I love this question. This is Curious Sex Ed. A podcast where two real sex educators answer even realer sex ed questions that you write into us. We believe that curiosity around bodies, relationships, and sexuality is for everyone. Learn with us as we educate about amazing sex ed topics and share juicy personal stories along the way. Want to join our bestie crew to gain access to Curious Sex Ed? Listen to the first three episodes of Curious Sex Ed for free wherever you get your podcast. And tune into the rest of the season exclusively on buymeacoffee.com slash curioussexed. body image is something that in general we're very passionate about. Like we make a lot of content about that. And a lot of the content that I kind of create about it is like silly and humorous in order to kind of disarm people because it can be a very touchy subject. And Mm -hmm. for everybody, everyone has their their hangups and their different relationships with their body and, and food and diets. And I just think that the more and more we think about why and we think about ways that we can put effort and energy into working to accept the things that maybe we even don't like or are struggling about ourselves, right? Like when you're on your deathbed, are you going to be thinking like, I wish I was two sizes smaller in these jeans? Like, no, you're going to be thinking about like the relationships that you had that were really meaningful and the impact that you make on the world and what you did that made you happy and the places you saw and the people you met and your growth. And like, there are so many different ways to measure success and to measure happiness and joy. And I just really believe that the size that you are isn't part of that. And it right. and it makes me happy to now finally we're seeing a, you know, whether it's body neutrality or body positivity, either one, you know, just we have bodies and like we should learn in like a real way to just accept it for what it yes. is. Yes. And, and even the next step is to really, truly love it because one of the things that I teach my students, I'm a professor of anatomy and physiology. So sometimes I'm going to teach people who are just taking the class just to fill a prerequisite. And mm-hmm. I'm like, the one thing that I want you to take away from this is that you have millions of cells who are working every day to keep you. So I want mm. you to leave this class just feeling um, just in more appreciation of your body and really love it for that because it's it's been preserving you. 
Mm, it's working hard. Yes, working very hard. And I still tell myself that. I'm like, you know, my body worked hard throughout all of the uncertainty of this past few years to just keep me here. So be kind to it. And before I used to be like an exercise person and I told myself that I loved it, but really I didn't. I loved the results and how I looked, but I would put myself through some unhealthy things. And now I'm looking at myself and now when I decide to move my body, I'm doing it because I want it. I want to love it back, you know, because I'm, I'm getting older. So, you know, I wake up with the stiffness, but I'm like, no, let me, how do right. I love on you? Let me stretch a little bit. Let me go for a walk. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Recently I um, started renting a Peloton because they're just like super fun, like really, really exciting classes to me. And I look forward to exercising now. And I think that they make it really accessible and make me feel like I'm going to have like a dance party and just like <laughs> laugh and be silly, like while listening to this fun instructor for 20 minutes, right? It's just like a really tangible way to feel like I can move my body. And I just like how it makes me feel like I like how it like makes my mood better throughout the day mm-hmm. and just makes me feel like stronger. And I think when we find a way to move our body that feels good to us, it doesn't feel as much of a chore. Yes. And maybe sometimes it does, but hopefully it feels more like a pleasure than something that's an obligation. Exactly. Exactly. I think for for me, who's like a child of like diet culture, right? I was yes. raised in constantly being on a diet and just exercising to like punish ourselves for what we ate mm. or what we whatever earlier. I love that approach. I think a lot of us are, are thinking about that now, you know, like let's do something that brings us joy um, and not to punish ourselves for what we ate or didn't earlier. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Let's get back a little bit to moms because on this podcast, surprisingly, even though we, we do cover kind of like you know, like pregnancy stuff. Like my mom is an OBGYN and we have her on every season and she usually goes over like the pregnancy, like kind of new mom type of thing or new birthing person kind of thing. But I'd love for us to really kind of dig into this idea of wellness for moms in particular, because, you know, we're at the point where there's a lot of research and like, you know, studies where we see that in straight relationships, like straight cis relationships, moms take on a majority of the child caring, the keeping of the house, and so much of the emotional labor and more, right? Like we we just know this. Like they like look it up, Google it if you're skeptical. Um, we just know. And this was especially apparent during the pandemic when yep. moms were homeschooling their kids while they were still working, while they were still coordinating everything. And, you know, I think like at the same time, moms are supposed to be able to find time for wellness and self-care. There's all this kind of emphasis on like, hey, you know, like you just need to do you and like really find that time to relax and go get a massage. And it's like, yeah, I'll go get a massage like when hell freezes over. Like I don't have fucking time to do that. Like (laughs) I have, you know, there are kids involved. There's a lot of like coordination for activities. If you're working, it's just, I'm not a mom. I would like to be a mom eventually but i mm-hmm. i just know for moms this is kind of like a losing battle and we're taught like well you're just not making time for it right and i wonder if you could just talk about this a little yeah. bit yeah for sure i i think 
it all boils down to, again, the expectation um, and how we were raised, like whether it is overtly as a woman or like, you know, under like slightly, like subtly, like we're all taught that our worth as a woman is how much we can provide to those around us to nurture those around us. Mm. And that's amplified when we then have children. Um, I absolutely struggled with this for a while. And if I'm being really honest, I think maybe in the last year have I really am like, you know what, this is what is going to work for me. Like I am going to be a good mom because I'm trying my hardest. I'm not going to be able to check off all the boxes and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And um, really for me, the emotional labor piece was that was like about to like end my marriage. I'm just like, you do not have to mm. think. I'm constantly thinking. I'm sick of thinking. And mm. I had to be honest and talk to him. I'm like, listen, all the things, I'm like the project manager of this house. I can't. Like, yes. I cannot do it. <laughs> um, so I had to be really uh, honest and open and have that conversation. Like, I need help. You are not helping enough. Um, and this, these are the tangible ways that you can help me. So that way I can help myself and in helping myself, you guys will all be happier for it. Mm -hmm. Um, so the guilt, I get it. And if somebody is listening and struggling with the guilt, start with asking yourself, what do you need right now? So Mm -hmm. what is the one thing that you can use right now? Whether it is maybe a nap, whether it is a babysitter, whether it is a massage. So coordinate with your village um, to see who can support you and how they can support you. Take advantage of that because I realized that there are people who genuinely want to help me, but don't know how. So figure out how other people can help me so that way I can help myself. It's super, super important to make that time for yourself as a mother. Um, Forget that. As a woman, just take the time to take Mm. care of yourself because you'll just be better for it. It's going to feel uncomfortable in the beginning. Like, oh, I feel selfish. How, how, you know, I could spend that money on other things. That's something that I'm always doing. Like, well, I can get my nails done, but I could buy the kids whatever and go towards whatever that we're saving for them. Um, But the happier you are, the healthier you are, the the more well you are, that trickles into the rest of the household. So if you are struggling with thinking about doing things for yourself for, quote, selfish reasons, think about how blessing yourself is going to bless the ones around you. Yes, absolutely. And like people are lucky to have you, right? Like there's this, like you said, there's this expectation specifically on moms that, okay, like mom is the one who's going to remember like what I want for my birthday, right? Mm -hmm. And like there are all these little things. And I saw this really, really illuminating TikTok video about Mm -hmm. the word kin keeping, which is kind of when you think about like mostly women in these family structures, they are the ones who during holidays, they're the ones who are cooking and they're Mm -hmm. the ones who are setting the table and cleaning before everyone comes and they're picking up the sides, right? Like maybe dad in this relationship is doing the turkey, right? Or Mm -hmm. maybe they're going to the grocery store and picking up something extra. And then they're like on their phone, like most of the time, like during the dinner and after. And this is just, you know, not to stereotype, like if this isn't your family, then that's great. But I do think that this is a lot of people's experiences. Yep. And just this idea that, Like mom not only is the one who's doing more of the work, but who's getting more scrutiny, right? Like Mm. kids get more annoyed with their moms than they do their dads. And like, I just like, you know, and 
I feel for moms. I feel like they, again, like they do a lion's share of the emotional and like mental work and coordinating and thinking, as you said, and logisticking. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that, you know, when they fuck up or when they don't do it right, exactly mm-hmm. right, they're the ones who like get shat on. And it's just yeah. like kind of terrible that, you know, like no mom, you know, again, this is a huge stereotype and overgeneralization, but I do think it's it's hard. It's hard because that is a lot of people's realities. Yeah, it is. And I think for me, one of the reasons why I have been so diligent about um, making time for therapy is because I realized that the better I am, the better of a model that I can be for my kids. And, um, and also like with the family dynamic. So I have two boys and I mm-hmm. am hell bent on raising boys who are going to carry their fucking weight. Um, you are not going to, whoever your partner ends up being, I don't want you to like expect them to mother you. Okay. I want you to be- They're not cleaning up after you. Absolutely not. You are going to be an equal participant. Sidebar. So my son, I was telling him, I made him do like some extra reading or something. He just, it was during the summertime. And he's just like, why am I I doing my work during the summertime? I'm just like, because like, it's good for you. Like, you're going to be a scholar one day. And he's just like, well- I'm not even going to have a job one day. I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. I'm just like, that is excellent. So let me tell you something. You're about to be the best stay-at-home dad to ever do it. <laughs> like, you're going to know all the ins and outs of everything. So, um, but yeah, so I think for me, being in therapy has helped me to just be vocal and um, to shift the dynamic in the house a little bit. Because again, I am raising boys and I just do not want bump on the logs as my boys. Yes. I want them to like be able to carry their weight and then some around the house. Um, mm-hmm. So in me being open and honest with my partner about what I need him to do and how I need him to step up, not only is he being an example to them who are, they're constantly watching him, but mm-hmm. also um, me advocating for myself is also helpful for them to see as, as kids. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been such an enlightening and amazing conversation. I think like originally, you know, I was kind of like, oh, you know, we're going to talk about (laughs) X, Y, and Z. And it kind of like shifted into this really, really honest, amazing conversation about like bodies and momming. And I really, really (laughs) love it. And I'm so appreciative of you for being here for it. And I wonder if you can just talk a little bit about what's next for you and where people can find you. And maybe if you want to share, you know, like, oh, you know, if you if you had a recent Be Well Sis episode that you really recommend that people tune into after they listen to this conversation. Yes, yes. Um, so the most recent episode on Be Well Sis that I really enjoyed, um, it's actually two. They're kind of back to back. One was about emotional wellness. Um, so the woman that I spoke to, she, I think Ashley Wright is her name. She is a founder of a tech company that teaches social, emotional wellness for children. So different, um, I guess like school systems, like buy the program and like, it just teaches kids social, emotional wellness and well-being. And it made us talk, the conversation delved into how like we were not necessarily taught that. And we are now as adults having to learn how to identify our feelings and then communicate those feelings properly and yada, yada, yada. But it was really, really interesting, really good conversation and just helped me as a parent um, definitely folk, 
place more emphasis on that in my household. I think I have mm-hmm. been just because of my own therapy journey. Um, mm-hmm. But I think even more so just some tools and tips on how to just to, to te- talk to teach the children and reach them at their level was really helpful. And then the other one was mm-hmm. about um, that I really enjoyed too. It was about the author of Can We Please Get Grandma's to take over the police station. I think it's something like that. Can we please give the police department to the grandmothers? Yes. There we go. So I spoke to Janata Petrus and she's the author of this book. And the the book is just to inspire children to reimagine a more positive future. And it also, in speaking to her, had me think about how I can not only foster that in my kids, like creativity and imagination, but also for myself as an adult. You know, we don't daydream enough as adults. Like, well, there's always something to do. Mm-hmm. And just reimagining our own lives. And I just, for me, it's like really, it was current for me because I'm just reimagining like, is this what I want? Is this feeling like I have, quote, made it? Like, am I happy here? If I had to relive these days over and over and over again until I die, would I would I go on feeling like accomplished or good by my time here on earth? So um, it just helped me to just really take things into consideration and just to reimagine what the possibilities can be. So those are my two favorite episodes on Be Well, Sis. Um, And what is next for us? So I'm just going to continue to have inspiring, uplifting conversation with amazing women. And the next thing that we are going to do, we'll have a small little pause this summer and then come back with a little bit of a revamp. Um, And yes, so so fun. Um, Writing a new segment. I'm really excited about it. And just our membership community. So just continuing to grow um, our membership and to, for a place for women to like find their tribe essentially and just to encourage each other to pursue what really makes life good. Mm, that's really special. <laughs> and where can folks find you uh, on their podcasting apps and on social? Um, so on the podcasting app, we are at Be Well Sis, the podcast. So on every on every streaming platform. And then on what on Instagram, we are at Be Well Sis underscore podcast. I'm barely on Twitter, but we're also at Be Well Sis. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Cass, so much for being here. It's been so wonderful and so just organic and lovely to chat with you. And I'm so excited for people to hear you. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalow. Our producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our associate producer and communications coordinator is Sadie Luigi. Our marketing coordinator is Kate Fiala. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thanks so much to our featured guests, partners, and listeners. Want to partner with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. For exclusive content and to submit an anonymous sex ed question, check out my new podcast on Fridays, Curious Sex Ed, hosted with Mariah Claudio of Sex Ed Files. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash curioussexed to learn more. See you next time.